This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, and with me, Cam Rusland, today we have the returns of. She is, uh, I was going to say, just a producer at uh, BFM, but you're much more than just a producer, aren't you, uh, Julian Yao? <laughs> uh, just the campaigns producer here at BFM. Well, Hello. Hi, hi, hi. Great to have you. And uh, and he is, um, I was going to say, also a producer, but he's much more than just a producer here at BFM. He is Simwe Boon. Hello. Hi. Hi. Back on again. Uh, great to have you. I, I, I blame you, Sim, for me getting your name wrong, because when we first met, you gave me the wrong name and I've stuck with it ever since. So what, what did no, you I give, though? Yeah. What right. name did you give, Sim? Yeah, what I, is I, I don't remember. I said Simi Poon can call me Sim, I think. I remember where we met, though. Yeah. yeah Very nice yeah. cafe in DDI. I was interviewing yes. him for, for a job. Yeah, I gave, <laughs> and I gave him the job. Anyway, uh, enough, enough about me as an employer. Um, we, uh, so our three topics this week will be topic number one is music on TikTok. Uh, topic number two is the internet for old people. And finally, is uh, topic number three is learning to do things yourself. So, uh, Julian, I'm going to try to pretend to sound knowledgeable on this, but I'm going to fail. Uh, uh, music on TikTok. Uh, music on TikTok or the TikTokification of music. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, the social media app TikTok, which has exploded over the pandemic, obviously, because everyone's been at home. But the main thing that's in the DNA of TikTok is music. And I think that's one of the great pulls of TikTok. And that's why um, other apps are trying to replicate it. So Messenger is trying to do it. Um, Instagram's trying to do it with, the, with their reels. YouTube's doing it with their shorts. Um, but basically giving people the library of technically copyrighted music to soundtrack their lives or soundtrack what they their their online persona and um, how this works is I, and I and I didn't know this I had to go find out um, is TikTok has deals with um, record companies where they're given the rights to use that music and every single time a person uses that music an artist gets the royalties for it um, so I was listening to the radio the other day, not BFM, because BFM would never have this. But um, <laughs> all, all the TikTok and, and, and every single song that was in, you know, the most listened songs in Malaysia today were TikTok songs. And I realized I didn't know a single one of them until it got to the 10 second bit that the TikToks are from or the songs that you generally hear um, on on Instagram or, you know, where, wherever you see the TikToks on Facebook, wherever they've been uh, distributed. And it was interesting to me that the songs where that these typically come from sound, that's what they sound, that's, it's just that. So it's like two minutes, three minutes of just little bits of memeable bits, you know, like interesting bits that people can go, oh yeah, I want to use that lyric for my, for my video. And, um, I think that's just a trend now because um, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was like a report where the music industry was looking to create music that was shorter. So albums were made, were going to be made up of 20 songs. Each song would be like 90 seconds to two minutes trying to make them shorter because the more plays you get, the more, the more reach it has. And that's exactly what TikTok has done. I hate it. <laughs> How good. I hate it so much. Phew. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know. I think it's great in some ways. You know, you get a lot of young 
artists who would never reach would would never reach any sort of popularity because of it. They, they're getting known and they're getting fame because of it. And that's amazing. You're also getting things like Fleetwood Mac, their song Dreams had a huge revival and was number one on the charts again last year or earlier this year because of that guy who was rollerblading down the Pacific Coast Highway drinking ocean spray and it was amazing. Um, but I think it's kind of gross because, you know, right now we've got um, record companies who are trying to replicate that, you know, their record companies are paying influencers so that they can recreate that with like the Beatles music. So they're here, hey, do what do a 10 second video with Here Comes the Sun. We'll get all the kids onto it. They'll love it because they know that there's lots of nostalgia there and they know that there's hooks there at the music, but trying to mark, like factory produce that is kind of gross. You know. can, can, can I ask a question? So you're saying that if you if the you, you play the TikTok music, the original artist will get uh, money. But what about the person who makes the TikTok? Do they get any kind of money as well? So how you get seen on TikTok basically is getting your video pushed to the For You page, which, which is the main sort of um, explorer page on your TikTok profile. And anytime a video is watched all the way through, you get more views. The more views you get every one, it's only in the US and certain territories, but every thousand views or whatever you get, maybe one cent and it, it builds up. That's so the more trending music you use, the more views you get, essentially. Uh, Sim, you're 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 actually not a young person anymore, but you're kind of you know, near enough. Um, <laughs> what, 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 have you come across this uh, music? Yeah, TikTok? yeah, but I think it's like it's something that's inevitable because like it's just a commodification of content, you know. It's just how it is, right? I mean, before this TikTok thing was the Spotification of music, right, where mm -hmm. people no longer listen to full albums. You know, when artists release, they don't release albums; they release singles because. That's what people listen to on Spotify or with Spotify, the advent of Spotify, people just listening to more and more songs rather than the whole album, which related to that was when Adele's latest release, where she told Spotify, like, you can't put shuffle on it. They have to listen to the whole thing. I mean, that's an example of an artist trying to take control of how she intends to release the music. But it goes back to just how the music business changes, right? Because TikTok is the platform for the younger generation now you will want to, if you're a record company, which you're just there to make money, uh, you want to create or you want to tap into that formula that allows you to sell the most of whatever product you're selling. So I, I, I get like maybe for like the older generation that is like gross or it's like destroying whatever like thing that you held on to. But for the younger generation, I just feel like it's just something that they are discovering. And, you know, maybe for them, their perception, if you can't fit, uh, the best parts of your song into 10 seconds that you shouldn't be making songs at all. Like, you know, maybe the view of talent and the view of what's listenable has changed. And, you know, songs have undergone changes and adaptations throughout their entire cycle, right? I mean, no one's going to listen to like a one-hour classical piece. Not no one, but, you know, that's not the main thing now, right? I mean, uh, hundreds of years ago, you know, uh, like when Cam's younger days, you know, <laughs> listening to a hopeful opera recital is like the thing right they'll be like a five minute songs with guitars what is that you know yeah, so true, now true. it's yeah now it's changed to something like you know that it needs to be catchy enough that it can be part of a 30 second video that you know when it be that if i listen to the full length i will remember that and you know i mean to some it might be bad to others it might be great like to me like i'm kind of like i guess because 
I'm stuck in that generation where I was listening to albums and CDs, you know, maybe a bit of LPs, and then I was listening to the whole, and then I, would, I, I got onto Spotify, and now I'm, I wouldn't say I'm super deep into TikTok, but I do catch those 30 seconds, like, oh, I know this song's from TikTok, you know? Like, I would have, yeah, so, and it's just, for me, uh, the way I look at it, it's just, it's another way to get content. I mean, I don't really blame record companies, because again, they're just making money, so they're just going to find more and more ways. I think there are bigger issues with record companies that we need to address, like, oh, yeah. how they treat artists, but... Yeah, you know, I think it's just something is inevitable, I think, at the end sure. of the day. So if, the, say, Hey Jude were to play and you were to catch that, you know, you become curious, like, you know this is an old song. You know, during your younger times, yeah, you'd have to go to the library, right? <laughs> and that, that thing is like, you need to plan this weekend. I'm like, this weekend, I'm going to yeah. call some friends. I'm going to go to the library to look up for this information yeah. on Wagner's whatever, whatever. Yeah. But now, I mean, oh, this song sounds cool. Oh, it sounds old. Oh, I think my dad's played before. Let me Google it. Oh, oh, okay. You can even like just let the phone listen to it nowadays, I guess. And I'm like, oh, and then you learn the history of the song. And if you like it, if you think about it, if you're reading any sounds cool, you can even just buy everything off your phone, you know? So yeah. that's good and bad. It just depends on how you use it and how you look at it. I do agree that this, 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 that it does feel that like, again, it's turning into music and art into a commodity, which to some might say that it always has been. Yeah, it always has and been. it makes it easier it makes it easier to sell, makes it easier to pack, repackage than everything. So, you know, it, it takes away the kind of like the, 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 the art of it or the beauty of it. But, you know, I mean, yeah. I watch most of my videos on mute anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I, like I, how... I so, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Julie? No, I like how that I've come out as the purist here for yeah. some, in some way. Mm. I didn't think that this was going to be it, but no. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I. I uh, just to wrap up. I, I. am so pleased to hear somebody under the age of thirty saying enough is enough. <laughs> 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 yeah, and also uh, with you, Sim. Uh, yes, I miss the days when I used to go to the library on a steam carriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those were fun days. You'll never know. So, um, well, speaking of which, I think we neat we neatly segue into topic number two, which is the internet for old people, and I mean really old people, older than me. Uh, my mother is 88 and she lives in the UK. And so I have to give her tech support over over this. And I have to say things like, um, you know, press the camera icon. Now, each and every one of those words m makes absolutely no sense to somebody who actually did go to school uh, on with a horse and buggy. And uh, it's like, what am I pressing? She's like jabbing the computer screen and... Um, and what is a camera? What does the camera look like? And what's an icon? And uh, so, but so much of the life that she, the ordinary life that she lives now, it, it, it has to involve being on the internet. You've got banking and they'll just say, no, you have to do it on the internet. And she has no, she's being closed off from the world. And I would say this would be easily involving people from uh, 65 onwards and uh, upwards. And, uh, and indeed, when I look at where, where I live, I live in a condo here in KL, which was built in the early 90s. And it is absolutely not set up for people with mobility issues, older people. It's a death trap, really. It's a wonderful place. But at the same time, you know, un, like, why do you need a step there? Absolutely unnecessary. And, because of design, bro. <laughs> yeah, but it, it means that the people like my mother, you know, just cannot go out because suddenly there's a step. And, uh, and so I'm, but I'm wondering, um, should we care? Should we bother? Because there are people like you, too, coming along for whom just 
you know, internet banking, what have you. It's just no big deal. It's like so simple. It's just nature. And uh, should we just sort of wait for people to die out and uh, the new generation will come along and be able to operate in this world? Because I, trust me, you two are eventually going to be like, oh, I miss the days of Spotify. <laughs> I, I hate it being beamed directly into my head. <laughs> uh, um, so I mean, should we... I, I mean, should we do something about this? Is there is there an economy that we're missing out on? What do you think? I think this is a real issue, and it's not an issue that is uh, alien to anyone. I think we've this issue has been brought up, come across this issue where it's discriminate is tech discrimination against the older generation, which you know if you pretty much spelled it out earlier uh, with what you said, right? Like the banking thing is a very real issue, right? Like banks only restricting a lot of what they do now only to internet, it really cuts out an entire population of older people. And I think it became even more apparent like in the past two years because of COVID where banks or all these other services are like, just go online, just do it via online and everything. But older people, you know, like your mom or something, they're like, I, I want to pay my water bills how I always paid it, you know. Like, I don't want to suddenly now have to do it online. I don't know how to. And I think that, uh, and another way, another kind of like related issue or consequence of this is that it also creates gen, uh, a lot of mental health issues because it creates anxiety, it alienates them and it makes them feel more removed from society. And it, it's sad because like this consumeristic society has become so fast paced towards the future, towards the modern, towards the now. I mean, reflective of what we talked about in TikTok, right, where record companies are just targeting younger people, right? Most uh, companies around the world, anyone that is looking for to make money, a lot of them just target the younger generation. That's why digitization, modern, everything is all being pushed ahead without the considerations of some people that might be left behind. And it's a big issue and I don't have any answer. I don't know how you can solve it. It's just the best way you can do is try to be there for your elderly, try to be there to help those that you know, like with my mom, you know, when she got a new device, uh, you know, I'll let me show her you know, like when my dad transitions from using an old school phone to a new phone, you know, I had to show him, you know, you just, that there, there's no real way to do it unless you actually show them, which is not that great. Yeah. And uh, Julian? I think there's always um, an, assum an assumption, and I don't think this is um, unique to our generation, maybe. I think this is, this is always, this, this has happened all the time. And I think there's always the assumption that young people or the existing the, the the upcoming generation always wants to leave the people behind the people who built it behind and I don't think that's true because I think that um with more you know with more information and more um education around topics like this like you said Cam it's not just about um people aging population it's about mobility issues people with disabilities who aren't able and also economic different economic groups as well because it is it's an, it is education on the fact that you shouldn't that people should never be left behind and um a lot of the time a lot of these services amenities are the the the, the traditional way like you know paper bills uh, you know a lot of these things are the cheapest way to do things post yeah. Post Telegram, yeah. like Western Union transfers, those are the cheapest way to do things, but they require so much labor. Um, human human interaction is so important, but removing that kind of, like like Sim says, brings a lot of anxiety, brings a lot of social exclusion, and 
I think there's there is I think the only way to do it is to you know as much as you want so Seoul um, announced Seoul the city announced earlier this week that their tourism their new tourism thing for 2022 is come visit Seoul we are gonna be doing this over the metaverse and it'll be a completely virtual experience and um you know, we're going to completely change the way that you visit the city. But that also leaves behind a lot of people um, that bring in a lot of money to this, uh, bring in a lot of money to the country in terms of tourism, the old people groups. Um, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I, th- I think there is a way that that can be done because essentially it is making sure that your traditional systems are robust enough that, they- oh, the worst one here is parking. Uh, parking is ridiculous here now um, especially in KL because you have to have an app where you have to pay when when up till maybe three five years ago everything was paid with coins and it's completely phasing out a workable system that a lot of people rely on especially people who don't have the means to rely on the new ones and yeah you know yeah because I heard about this new parking app thing and as it was being told to me I was just simply thinking Oh well, I guess I just don't go there anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I heard. It was just like, I, okay, I don't want to hear anymore. It's like I just don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm going to grab there or something, but that's not an option. No, it's I not. Think. But I, I, I think that that, I mean, you know, better business brains than me would have worked out the dollars and cents of whether you can cash in or not. But I think that there, there is, there is a market for helping people creating products that can really help older people or people who just can't be bothered to be dealing with this old press app app whatever um but uh, but it's also going to be an issue in this country the demographics are such that we will we do have an aging population um and i do believe that the age bulge means that people your age are actually becoming a bit of a minority it's a, it's older than you who are going to be the bulk <clears throat> yeah mobility issues and technology issues are going to be uh, the norm so anyway, um, uh, but uh, I'm gonna, uh, in a moment, we're going to be um, segueing something I think might be perhaps a bit of overlap maybe when we talk about uh, d- doing it yourself or not here on A Bit of Culture, BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself, Cam Ruslan, Julian Yap, and uh, Sim Wei Boon. And now, Sim, um, you've moved into a new apartment and you are doing it yourself, or are you? Yes, um, to some extent. I mean, the... The reason I thought of this topic is more like um, it extends out from just, you know, building furniture and everything. It's like everything else as well. Like now that I'm living alone, I'm making my own dinners and stuff like that, right? And I do have friends or I know people that, uh, you know, everything about their life is like, I can't be bothered to do it myself. I have the money. I work hard enough. I'll just pay someone else to do it for me. And that extends to like fixing things, to dinners and stuff like that, you know. So I, I find it fascinating that not distinction but there's this range right between people that would rather do things themselves would rather spend three four hours just to figure that whatever figure how to build a shelf or how to you know uh, make a meal or everything and those that like are like you know i can't be bought it i have the money i'll just pay for it you know i i feel like i'm discovering myself i'm in between a bit because like i did fix a few cupboards myself but there are some that like i can't be bought it i'll just get it delivered and built for me because it's too complicated uh, it's interesting, right? And I was wondering, like, where do you know both of you lie in that spectrum, right? Are you more towards some doing things like you would 
rather do things yourself or would you pay someone or buy the thing that's ready made? I think I'm like in a weird place where I'm also in a place where I've so I've just I, I graduated recently not so recent it's it's a while away now but I graduated recently working in BFM having a full-time job and having steady income and enough so that I can feel that I can paid to buy things that have already been assembled for me. I am in that space, but also I do know that I still have that student mindset of, well, I've got to save money. I've got to build everything myself. If I can get it secondhand or if I can get it off someone who's about to throw it away and it's on the street, I can, I'm going to take it. So I think I'm in of two minds. It's going to be you know, dependent of what it is. But there's that special thing where some people, they find joy in doing it themselves. But it's oh, not yeah. about the price point. It's about like that journey of solving that puzzle, you know. And some are, and some also have that like, I think trust issue as well, where like, for example, like the car, right? Like I know people that like, like for me, like I wouldn't say I'm clueless about car, but I'm not exactly a mechanic or anything. So for me, like if I need to service the car or change the tire, change something in the car, and it can be a very basic thing, you know, I just go to the workshop to do it, right? Whereas I know people they're like, I'm, I'll change, I change the black hole at home by myself. Like, why do you need to go to the, you know? So I, and I'm like, oh, why, why do you do that? So I don't trust the workshop to do for me. Like, you know, I don't want them to, I don't want them to like, you know, mess up in my car. So I find that interesting, and I have come across people who said like, I don't want to eat at restaurants because like I only trust food that I cook myself. And especially given what's happened in the past two years as well, right? So there's that aspect of looking at things as well, you know, and throughout my kind of like journey of moving into my own place, I spoke to a lot of friends that have moved in and a lot of friends that are working like as designers and everything, you know, even for them as well, when it comes to your house, you know, like for me, like, oh, I just, I'll just get someone to build the cabinets for me. I'll just buy this that is already made and put in for me where I would get remarks like, just do it yourself, man. Like, you know, if you get someone else to do it, there's so much uh, hassle. These people, you're going to pay them and you're going to get exactly what you want. Like plumbing issues and stuff like that. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm discovering that, oh, you can actually just fix this yourself rather than pay someone a hundred bucks and get them to recommend you something I, that is so expensive. So yeah, yeah it's, I, it's I, interesting. I, it's interesting. I, th- I think what, what, what you're saying here actually is, uh, it's actually possibly a cultural indicator as well because uh, the responses wouldn't just be generational age. I mean, mm. for, for one thing, you know, Malaysia is still at that point where it is still just about affordable to, to get someone else to do something for you. Um, you know, we have so many migrant workers and whatnot. In, in the UK, say, it's just not, that's not a possibility. And, um, and so it's a kind of cultural norm out there to do it yourself because, well, who else is going to do it for you? You can't possibly afford it. But, but I also wonder, uh, some of the words that you've said there, Sim, sound very familiar to me because uh, my wife is uh, Malaysian Chinese. And, uh, and so she's very much of the opinion that, um, you know, you do it yourself, you save the money. And, and and I'm not saying this is necessarily a Chinese thing. I'm just saying this is perhaps particular to her, and uh, and uh, and also you know you get perhaps you get a better sense of achievement, and also if you got someone else to do it, they're probably going to cheat you. And whereas I, on the other hand, from perhaps from my cultural background, are saying I want an entourage. Uh, and I want one now, and they will do things for me, and they'll carry my umbrella over my head. So. Um, you know, perhaps uh, there, there are cultural uh, differences as well. I personally, I would like other people to uh, do it for me, um, 
because I did buy a whole bunch of IKEA stuff when we moved into somewhere, and it was a nightmare putting it together. <laughs> Um, you haven't got Sim. You need no, Sim to come over. I could have paid him. No, but there's some things that it's like very hard to figure out. But like, okay, IKEA is great because like it's it's a global brand. So what happens is there are people that are very rajin that they upload videos of themselves on YouTube doing it. So someone's already done it for you. You have a reference point. So I'm okay with it. Is this Furnitures that you would order from like Taobao or something like that. That's really nice, much cheaper, but they come in with instructions that no one can decipher. That then then the real journey of uh, doing things yourself comes. But it's not just that. So it's like like for my place as well because it's empty, so I had to like install my lights and I had to like drill holes and stuff like that. You know, yeah. So no. Yeah, cannot, exactly. Cannot, right. Cannot, so, like, cannot. yeah, you would would you do that? Would you drill your own hole? Or because no. actually, a lot of people do that. You know, like when you look it up, or when I ask people around, people are just you know just just buy your own drill. Just Google what drill hole to do, and you know, just figure it out by yourself. You know, it's much easier. It's more convenient. I'm like, I might lose a finger if I do it. Yeah, that doesn't make so sense. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So th- th- that to me as well is um, I find it interesting, and I find. Fascinating that they are, and I, I, I wouldn't say that like I, I mean some of the whole, initially when I got the place, some of the holes uh, I got someone to do it because that person was here to fix some other things, and I'm like, oh, you have a drill, can you help me drill these holes? But I've acquired my own drill now, and I'm starting to drill my own things, and you know, like learning about it, and like I think at the same time as well, it also makes you, you know, like going back to uh, what I said earlier, right? Like, why would you want to pay someone to do it, right? But as you learn about these things yourself, you start to discover, like, okay, maybe what I pay is worth it as well because this isn't. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. it. That's all. Finally, finally, he he broke himself. Fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. I think and yeah. it's like a journey of. Like, you know, this is what the journey is, Sim. <laughs> right, you're journeying into kind of middle agedness and <laughs> middle oh classness. And uh, you're trying to find a way to rationalize why you want to pay other people to do things you don't want to do yourself. But related to that oh. as well, which I also <laughs> observe that's interesting, is when doing this pandemic, there was this whole culture of um, growing your own food. Or do we basically DIY your own food, right? You know, yeah. a lot of people that I know started plant, you know, growing their own vegetables, maybe not meat. I, I don't know about growing their own chickens and all, but, you know, people that I notice on my social media feeds, people that I talk to, apart from just getting into plants in general, a lot of them like, I mean, I grew my own tomatoes now, you know, I don't want to go buy tomatoes and everything. Yeah. But it's so much work and it's not cheap yeah. as well because you got to buy this and that. <laughs> well, so, but, all right, all right. Well, you know, yeah. for, why don't we just put, put Sim on mute for a while while he works out the uh, his, <laughs> his, his position on this and, and who he is in society I, I, now. I, I, I'm still discovering that. I think. Yeah, you I'm certainly are. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Julian, are you going to, are you, you're going to progress into, uh, are you going to own it? Own it. I'm not, no, I'm not going to own it. I'm not going to buy a drill. I don't know how to use, but I do realize that it's something that I have to learn. And I wish, I mean, I know parents teach you these things, but I wish it was a thing where it was easy enough to just, but of course, before, that's why we've got people who is, it's their actual job to do these things. But I wish that that kind of information was easier to get. And it, it kind of is now. So this was like, I was going to bring it back to, um, YouTube and TikTok for a little bit. Um, uh, so before even TikTok happened, YouTube, it's, you know, it's a whole thing. You Once you get in the hole, you just fall down the rabbit hole of it, of people assembling furniture or people trying to teach you how to build 
like a, a right angle thing. I don't know what that is or how to get the right the, the right screws and determining the right screws. I don't know. These are things that I don't know because I picked stuff off, off picked furniture off the street. But um, it's, I think, uh, you know, like ASMR or even the, the, there's a lot of comfort. Like, like Sim said, there are people who like doing that and sharing that online. A lot of people derive a lot of comfort from watching that and seeing something come together. Um, and that has translated onto TikTok as well. A lot of young people moving into their own places, having to assemble furniture themselves or do things themselves because of the, of the pandemic and sharing that online now that you've got a, an audience. Um, and that's something that you're a person that likes to puzzle things together and figure out that, oh, maybe a drill isn't so scary. I'm not one of these people, but it's, you know, it's a thing that's, it, there's, there's a revolution, there's a thing happening and people are learning how to, how to do this, which which I think is great. Um, Sim mentioned people doing things, um, uh, doing things, uh, growing things. I've gotten onto that. I've talked about this previously on a book before, where um, you know I've tried to, I've I've learned that there are these things are learnable. These aren't things that before seemed only experts can do. And there's a lot of joy in creating something from scratch and build and growing growing plant growing vegetables i have tomatoes now yeah. like yeah right. there there's a whole um movement of people who are quitting their jobs and moving into out outside of the city um because they want to be able to build their own life from the bottom up there's um homesteading i think that's what it's called i don't i'm not i'm not too into it but um yeah but you it's can grow whole, tomatoes though i can grow just one <laughs> one tomato, yay! A new, yeah. brave new world. <laughs> um, well, I, I, we're going to move on though. Must, must move on. But um, I know Sim, you're going to work it out yourself. And Good one luck. day, yeah, one day. I'll find yeah. myself eventually. Yeah, yeah. I like that you're fine. I like that you're. This is an opportunity to find yourself. I like that this is something that is grow frommable. You know, I like that. <laughs> grow yeah. frommable because but, you don't expect that from flat pack. Yeah, but I mean, I you know, I'm I'm with you, Sim. I'm I'm looking forward to to witnessing journey. I have a friend of mine who's incredibly arty. He's like a singer, dancer, performer. Like you know, you would have imagined just the most incapable of of putting up a a, a picture. But he is a real whiz with uh, the DIY. And he turned up one day and had drill, and he drilled this, and he put this together. And I was in absolute awe. It was as if. I've heard of people who get struck by lightning and can, can suddenly speak Portuguese. It is like it was. It, it, it was like that. I, and I and I I respect and admire people who can do that. So Sim, I'm looking forward to doing it. I don't think you're that person though. Yeah, eventually, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but you. Like, yeah, I, I can't. I'll just get someone to pay, do it for me. <laughs> yeah, but but he, he uh, Sim actually took us on a little uh, journey around his apartment. He put up mirrors on the wall. That's uh, the furniture of... looks incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot of. Uh, that's a real. That's a real decision and and a statement of uh, determination to put up a mirror because it could fall down. And but you're saying no, it's going to stay up. And, I'm, <laughs> I, and I, I admire that. Well, it's tempered <laughs> glass, so if it falls down, it won't like break and become sharp and kill me. It just break the smaller pieces. So yeah, there's that degree of insurance there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's that's uh, that's how Christopher Columbus found America. That's kind kind of thing. Um, uh, but, but no, I, I mean. Other people were there first. They found it first. So uh, we move on, though. To the final part of the show, recommendations. We recommend something that we think might be of interest. And Julian is going first. 
Um, cool. Okay, so this week I want to recommend. It's been out for about a week. I think it came out last Friday. Um, it's Tick Tick Boom. It's on Netflix. It is being buried by the Netflix algorithm. You're gonna have to type it in. It's not gonna be, you know, the main one, even though it feels like it should be a big release. Um, but Tick Tick Boom is directed by Lin Manuel Miranda. It is a um, movie adaptation of a musical written by Jonathan Larson. And the musical itself is an autobiographical musical about a struggling theater right, playwright, songwriter, um, basically what Lin-Manuel Miranda is. Um, but uh, back in the 90s when he was, oh, sorry, Jonathan Larson wrote Rent. He famously wrote the musical Rent. M Rent, you know, of course, changed the face of musicals and what musicals can be. And this is five years before he wrote Rent. And he is on the brink of turning 30. He's realizing that I've not achieved anything with my life. I've just been writing this musical for eight years. Um, I don't know if I should be doing this anymore. And the back, and that's all done against the backdrop of of him not being able to, you know, he's living in a place where the 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 ceilings, the ceiling drips, the lights turn off, he doesn't pay his rent. Um, it's someone struggling to be a 20-something-year-old creative and people around him. It, it's also right in the smack middle of the AIDS epidemic and which, it, you know, it shows that progression from that all the way to how he creates rent. And it's and, it's great. I love and it. And it stars, it stars um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Andrew Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. And, Andrew Garfield Garf as yeah. um, Jonathan Larson. And I, I really enjoyed it just because it, I mean, in terms of a movie, maybe it's not, it's not, you know, incredible. It, it's a really, really good movie. It's not going to win any awards, of course, but it is, there's a, there's a, there's an energy to the movie that I think you don't see a lot anymore. You don't see, especially not in movie musicals. Um, you definitely get it in the original movie production of Rent. And it, there's a messiness to the movie and an offbeatness. It is uh, structured like a play. It also suffers a little bit from the typical Hollywood movie thing at the moment, but that's okay because the energy of it, the creativity there is really, it, it's kind of, it, it made me want it, to, it's kind of infectious. I kind I watched Rent straight away right after that because I wanted to recreate that. I wanted that feeling mm. again. It's great. Watch wow. it, please. Okay. Tick, tick. Tick, tick, boom. Tick, tick, boom. All right. Um, yeah, no, I, I had kind of dismissed it. And then um, I, I, from what you say, but also I saw an interview with uh, Andrew Garfield and it just, he sounded very convincing. Mm -hmm. He's he's great. Yeah. Um, so, well, my recommendation is sight unseen, but I know it's going to be amazing and I'm so excited. It is um, Get Back, uh, which is the Beatles uh, eight hour marathon created by the director um, Peter Jackson where he has reassembled outtakes from the Let It Be documentary that was made back in 1969. And he has uh, worked with the sound, with the picture, and created uh, a, a documentary about the making of uh, the Let It Be album by The Beatles. And uh, it's um, eight hours long, and it's <laughs> The Beatles. And and it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, I'm... I'm. I'm. Got, I haven't even watched it yet, and I and I'm and I know I'm not gonna like cry and stuff because they're the best. And um, so yeah, I, I, I can barely contain myself. It's actually already out, and I, and I feel like uh, why am I speaking to these people? I should be, I don't know, but I don't know how to. But I'm gonna work it out. It's on Disney Plus, um, or indeed 
your favorite local <laughs> supplier of other things. And uh, no, no, Dis on Disney Plus. And uh, it's the Beatles. Get back. Eight and hours. Course, and of course, you liked the Let It Be docu documentary. Do Back in the day, I watched it oh, years ago. Actually, the Beatles themselves pulled that documentary, and it's um, it's virtually impossible to watch. You can't even find pirated ones. And it's uh, it, it created a very dour impression of the breakup of the Beatles. The, the, the album was actually the penultimate album, but it gave the impression of being the end, which it wasn't. So whereas this is, is apparently a, a, a retelling, a, a more joyous one. And I've seen clips where it's like John Lennon and Paul McCartney playing opposite each other, and, and which was an image I didn't anticipate. Like they were good friends and they, it's the Beatles and it's eight hours. It's called Get Back. Watch it. <laughs> so, so that's my recommendation. Uh, Sim, uh, what's yours? Oh, totally uh, off from what you guys both recommended, but... Uh... Related to my journey of self-discovery, I would recommend everyone to get a, not a power drill, the one, not the ones that get plugged, but just a handheld drill uh, to have at your home. Because I do think that it's a very useful device to have, not just comes to like trying to drill a hole, but assembling things, repairing broken things. And why it's great is because, you know, there are some things that you have to screw and it takes forever to screw. And then you, you, you know, your arms hurt after doing it. Just having that tool that just is battery operated or you can charge it. It just goes zoom, zoom for a bit. It's super useful. Um, it's not super expensive. You can just get it online for a reasonable price. But I do recommend if you don't have one, go get it. You know, um, you might not use it every day, but when the day comes, you're going to glad that you got it. Sim, I absolutely agree with you. I, I have one and I resisted getting one for years and I finally got one and it's incredibly useful. And it, it, it's life changing, actually. And that zip, zip, and you feel like, I know how to build tall buildings. But, uh, I can build a house. <laughs> I can build a house, exactly. But uh, okay, it, it's really great. I'll, I guess I'll have to now. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll try it. Okay, well, that's the most practical uh, recommendation ever, which is to go buy a power drill. Love it. We could do an, a TikTok a version of this episode where we have Sim drilling uh, you know, things into a wall to the sound of the Beatles. That's right, oh, isn't yeah. it? We could do that. Yeah. Synchronicity. In 30 seconds, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. Do Let's do it. I'm not going to do it. I'll pay someone else to do it. Uh, <laughs> so that brings us to the end of this week's show. And only remains for me now to thank um, Sim Weiboon. And congratulations on your new place. It looks very nice. And Thank you for having me. Uh, uh, thank you for inviting us into your home. And Julian Yap. Thank you so much. Thank you for showing me the ways of adulthood and drilling. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Ken. No, I think what we've learned is you have to find it out for yourself. That's true. It's a journey. It's a journey. And uh, and um, from myself, uh, Cam Rusland, go watch Get Back. It's eight hours of the Beatles. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.